Hello again, everybody, and War Eagle. Welcome to episode eight of the Planes and Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Kilgore. Today on the show, we're going to recap the Auburn Ole Miss game from this past weekend and the other three games in the SEC, and we'll take a look around the top 25, and then we will preview the big week coming up this weekend. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. All right, Brett. Welcome back, buddy. Big weekend this weekend. What's up, my man? Good to have you back, Marcus. Welcome back, bud. Yes, sir. Big weekend this this weekend, but we also had a huge win this past weekend. Absolutely. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and dive into the Auburn Ole Miss game. Uh, this was one that we actually did not get to watch together, which kind of sucked. But, you know, Halloween weekend, everybody kind of had things going on, so... It's one of the things, but we it feels like, in my opinion, that we all have different takes when we don't watch the game together versus when we do. Do y'all agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think when we're all together, we just like all talk about it the whole time, and so we end up saying the same things. Yeah, yeah we turn into a one mind when we're all together. Yeah, I agree with that, too. So uh, I feel like it might be a little bit better for the show when we don't, so that's what y'all are getting this weekend. Um we look good. We came out hot. Um, the first half was definitely polar opposite from the second because the first half was all offense. You know, we scored almost every time we touched the ball. And then the second half, the defense really stepped up and took the game over. Um, you know, the talk coming in was Heisman candidate, Matt Corral, you know, just how he was going to take Ole Miss up and down the field on us. And that just didn't happen. So, Marcus, we'll start with you. Where, uh, what was the biggest thing for you this weekend in the win? Biggest takeaway for me was we got our number one running back going. Uh, Tank is back. Um, we saw glimpses of him in Arkansas. Um, you know, he started, you could tell he was getting going a little bit here and there. But this past week, I mean, I just thought he, he really hit the ground running. No pun intended. Um, I thought... The O-line did a really good job uh, opening holes. But obviously, you know, to make our offense run correctly, Bo has to play good. And Bo did. Uh, Bo did exactly what he needed. So, very pleased with offense and defense. Kobe McLean could be one of the best defensive players in uh, in the SEC right now. Um, just kids just everywhere the ball is. Um, so, Auburn is a dangerous team right now. Yeah, I like. I was happy to see Tank get going. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit different route and say that um, the biggest thing to me was being able to contain Corral somewhat. Um, I think he had like 45 yards rushing, which is um, which is not very much for him. He he still had 289 yards in the air, so you know there's a secondary problem that we've had. But like he said, um, Zacoby McLean is he's projected late first round early second round pick right now and if he keeps building on that his stock only goes up so he has a bright bright future we did have three sacks so it was good to see a defense get after it and get after corral yeah for sure um it was the first game in 19 games that corral did not throw a passing touchdown and that was you know you kind of hit on the secondary problem but at the same time we kind of did what we had to do to keep keep them out of the end zone so it's, it's been we it, we, we just, had that huge interception too I absolutely mean, that's, that was probably the play of the game yeah yeah because i mean they're inside the 15 yard line when that happens you know and and like brett mentioned we got pressure on him we got him uncomfortable and he was rolling trying to pull a bow nicks on us and you know he he made a mistake and Jalen simpson come up with a big interception with you know just a few minutes left in the game and a two-score game so um, I was actually pleased with the secondary this week, um, more than more than in the past, anyway. Um, to me, I think I think we're seeing more progression. You know, Marcus talked about this on the last show about how we're getting better every week. Well, one of those groups, in my opinion, is the receivers. They are getting better every week. They're hanging on to balls. We didn't have a drop this week that I can remember right off the top of my head. Um, that's that's big. 
you know, Bo hit 10 different targets. He had three running backs, three tight ends, and four different wide receivers. So it's not like we bring in a running back and you go, oh, we know he's throwing the ball to that guy. You know, like it, he spreads the ball around so well. And same with tight ends. You know, we got three tight ends that, that play, and all three of them caught a pass. So it's not like one's just in the run block or, you know, one's in the catch or whatever. So um, another thing that can't be understated is how great Mike Bobo is calling these games. He he is – I mean, that first half was beautiful the way he called and, and orchestrated the offense. So, you know, and I I hate to keep coming back to the defense, but Derek Mason made some adjustments at halftime that showed up in the second half. So, you know, a lot of this game goes to our coaching staff. You know, we, we've got obviously our players that we point out, but Auburn was prepared to win this game. And, and I think that's something that, you know, is kind of refreshing because in the past it was not always that way. Y'all agree with that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that this this goes back to the beginning of the year when we find out who who the coaching staff is being assembled, and you hear the words Derek Mason and Mike Bobo. These are veteran guys who have been in the SEC, and when it comes to these type of games, you don't have to worry about a guy who's gonna let the pressure get to him and and not know what to do. I mean, Derek Mason's a very seasoned coach, and he knows he knows his stuff just like Mike Bobo. I mean, these we are in a great spot, um, not just for our season, but the way that we're, our approach is game by game. Um, it really is. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, our approach, it's kind of crazy. Every podcast, I feel like we're saying this game could, could really boost, you know, this is the game of the season at the point of this, you know, moment. And that kind of is the way Brian Harson wants it to be. It's a one and zero type mindset, and you have to take it week by week. And when you win that one game, the more you win, the broader picture gets. Okay, if we do this, you know, I mean, right now we are sitting very pretty. This is a huge game, um, biggest game of the year so far right now because of where we're at. Um, we win this one, and I mean, we're we're sitting real pretty in the West. So, but. You know, at the same time, A&M, they've proven themselves. They've beat uh, the best team in the SEC or the second-best team in the SEC. I mean, they they can do it. Um, so, don't you can't look over A&M by no means. Um, I don't think we are. I'm just saying A&M's a good football team. So, And it's at A&M. That's, that's another kicker right there. So, I have a question. Um, so, Mike Bobo has – come under fire previous years. Maybe not so much this year because he has called great games, like you said. He's gotten better as the year progressed. How much influence do you think Harson has on the game plan and what plays are called when? I mean, do you think Harson has anything to do with it or do you think he's let Bobo do what he wants to do? It's a great question. I, I think he does have a lot to do with it because these aren't the same games that you've seen from Bobo in the past when he was at Georgia. You know, it, it's different. It's It may be because his players are different. He's in a different he, – he's got different weapons than he had at Georgia maybe. Um, he's never had an athletic quarterback at Georgia. You know, he's got Bo Nix now where, okay, if, if Bobo does call the wrong play, Bo can bail him out. You know what I mean? So I, I think it gives him a little bit more freedom. But at the same time, you know, I think Carson does have – a little bit to do with it as far as here's what I expect of you. You know, here here's what I'm going to let you do it your way but within my limits. You know what I mean? Does, yeah. does that kind of make yeah, sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, to piggyback off of what you just said, the other night it was one of, the, I mean, I love reading lips. That's one of my favorite things to watch coaches do <laughs> is talk on the sideline. And it had just hit on him, hit on uh, Harson. And he's walking, and he's, he says in the mic, he says, all right, there's one minute left. You got one timeout. This was right before the half. He says, you got one minute and one timeout. I think just by that, I look at Harson as more of a game manager, and he lets his two coordinators do what they got to do. But if he doesn't like a play call or whatever, I just think he probably says something like, hey, we got hey, we got to run the football. You know, or, hey, we got to keep the quarterback contained. Uh, we're not, you know, I just think he probably points out something that maybe the coordinators 
are too focused on one thing, I think he probably just kind of manages. But I don't think he is a micromanager and he's out there saying, hey, why don't we run this? I don't think he does that. But I do think from the broader picture, I just think he's he lets the two guys probably go by themselves. Now, I think this week, though in practice, something we have to be better at Saturday is our special teams. We look sloppy. We, we, we bad. I mean, we real bad. That fumble almost literally cost us. Um, I really, I mean, if they punch, if they punch it in there, there's enough time to where I, I thought it was going to be over. Not on, well, I, that was uh, the fumble by the receiver. That wasn't the um, muff punt. But even the muff punt, I was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's the most frustrating thing ever because he called the fair catch and he still muffed it. So, but I mean, Carlson missed a field goal. I think our special teams was probably the worst performer of the week. Yeah, he touched on that in his press conference today. Yeah. He yeah. said they were either whipping our butts or we were just not doing what we were supposed to do. Yeah. I'm leaning towards that second one. Um, I, sure. I wrote down the one negative from this game, in my opinion, was special teams. You know, every kicker turn was a good kicker turn, and we had a stupid penalty that brought it back. Our starting field position could have averaged 10 or 15 yards more than what it was because of penalties. Um, you know, they were talking today about how we've been – such a disciplined team and we were one of the least penalized teams in the conference and that's great but when all your penalties are coming on big plays on special teams you know that's not helping you any so definitely got to clean that up and and you know that that's something that can be fixed though that that is the the bright side to it in my opinion but well I just one more thing before we move on the back to the coaching perspective I still, I, I know I've made jokes here and there. I still want to know what that guy does that's always in Harson's ear. Because the other night there was a penalty, and before Harson kind of made the decision on what he wanted to do, he consulted that other guy. Um, I imagine he is the um, assistant head coach, if I had to guess. I don't know what his name is. I need to look it up. But that guy, I'm telling you, he is always on Brian's hip. And they talk to each other, like, all the time through the whole game. So I wonder what he, you know, I just wonder what his um, job title. duty is. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, not even title. I just wonder what he does. I don't know if he just consults him, if he just, you know, keep keeps him up to date on stuff. I don't know what he does. I feel, like, that's I always... feel like he may be some type of analyst. Like, hey, it's a good idea to go for it on fourth down here statistically yeah hey it's a good idea to take yeah. this penalty statistically like that type of player kind of yeah. like kind of like, like Ole Miss has analysis. with the analytics yes guy exactly that, that walk yeah. around with a binder yeah. and he looks well, pissed they were off every talking. time Lane goes for it on fourth yeah yeah which by the way is another big reason I think we win that game because Kiffin outcoached himself so many times yep I mean, yeah, I, guys, <clears throat> down 11 inside your own 25-yard line and you don't Twice. kick a field goal on fourth and three? I mean, that, it takes it from a two-score no. game to a one-score game. Is, you don't get it, the game's over, and it was. Four minutes left, and he went for it on fourth down. So, you know, big shout-out to Lane Kiffin for uh, assisting us there, which, I mean, we, we pretty much dominated the game. We led, you know, the whole time, and – there was one time that it got kind of close right before halftime. You know, they scored and made it 21-17, but we went right down the field and was up 11 at half. I, I think that was the biggest thing that took the wind out of Ole Miss's sails was us scoring right before halftime because yeah. they had cut it to four and was getting the ball back. And you go into the locker room down 11 and you get it back and you're still down two scores. So I, I think that that two-minute drill right before the half was huge. And like you were saying earlier, Marcus, the, the way that – that Bobo called it and and the way Harson was kind of giving him updates. Hey, we've got a minute, got a timeout, you know, I think, I think that was huge. And that was a a big swing in the game. Yeah. Just, man, I don't know. I've kind of changed my whole mindset on Kiffin. He's not gutsy. He's not ballsy. You know, he's not like a, he's stupid. (laughs) Like it comes, like, like it comes down to like some of these, like the, it's like he's playing an Xbox game. It's yeah. like he's playing Madden. He's like, you know what? I don't care where we're at. We're gonna go for it. Um, 
we're not going to take the points here. We're going to risk it and go for the seven. And it's just, it really is. It's stupid. I mean, there was countless, I mean, I know of three times he was in the red zone and chose to go for it and did not get it. Yeah. Um, and that's nine points. Um, and you just never know how the game kind of turns out because if you do kick the field goals, then Auburn feels like they have to move the ball. Right. You know, Auburn feels like they have to score. And I, I don't know. I'm just glad he's over there. And I'm, you know, I'm glad. I know we were, we had Twitter rocking looking for a coach for Lane Train. And, buddy, I'm glad we didn't get it. He just, he makes so many questionable calls. So I'm glad we got who we got. He's, he, I mean, he is, he has Auburn in the right direction. I'm telling you right now, recruits are seeing how our guys, our our players are buying in. They're seeing, obviously, the product on the field. And um, and I just think that Auburn's headed in the right direction. we got to hang on to this one. Yep, I agree with that 100%. And one more thing before we move on. That atmosphere Saturday night, you could tell it through the TV, man. I would have loved to have been there. But even seeing it on TV – and and the videos that were posted, you know, during the celebration after the game, that place was energized, buddy. I'm telling you, just, I mean, from from the time they ran out of the tunnel to to the time the players went back in the locker room, it was you know four quarters of noise and and ruckus. So, big shout out to the fans because. You know, we were at the Ole Miss game a couple years ago, and it wasn't that way. And it wasn't because it was a blowout. It was because it got cold and everybody wanted to leave, and they didn't care about the game. So and we were booing at halftime, yeah. booing our players and coaches at halftime. Yeah, and, I mean, that's embarrassing. It really is. It but, is. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, Marcus, it just goes to show how far we've come, really, in just a year. So yeah. big big shout-out to Harson, and like you said, man, we got to hang on to him because he's – He's definitely doing the right things. So, anything else on this game before y'all move on? Nope. All right. Well, there was only three other games in the SEC um, this past weekend. Everybody was on a bye except Mississippi State and Kentucky. Um, Was that a surprise to y'all, or was it kind of, you know, in due time Kentucky was going to blow this up? Um, I think to me personally – it was kind of what I've said at the beginning of the year with Mississippi State. They're just a team. They're they're just unpredictable. You really never know what you're going to get, and they can they could beat you, but they're not great. And to me, their coaching's not great. But you got to just watch them. And Kentucky didn't do that. So yeah. And I do think Kentucky's a little overrated. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised that they beat them. I was surprised that the final was thirty-one to seventeen, and it could have been be worse bad. than that. I think there was a yeah. some kind of overturned play or something that took back a touchdown. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just the point differential was a little shocking to me. Well, Kentucky was after the loss to Georgia. You know, you kind of get that out of the way, and everybody was talking about, oh, Kentucky could go eleven and one with their one loss being Georgia. Bro, you can't lose to Mississippi State. No, like like if if you're gonna be that team. You can't lose that one. Um, I expected them to lose, but I expected it to be this week to Tennessee. So now they've got two losses, and they lose this week, and they've got three losses. It's an average season for Kentucky. So kind of a letdown for Kentucky fans because they they felt like they had a little something this year. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that, it feels like they're just the same old Kentucky. Well, you had six starters get arrested before the season. So, I, you know. I think they're probably happy with their season actually. Well, you may be right. Um, Georgia did what they did what they do. They killed Florida this week. Um not surprising there. Really just another week for Georgia. So Georgia you drop uh, your headset, bud. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um no, I was just saying Georgia kinda did what they've been doing all year and killing killing people, so they uh they rocked Florida this week. Were y'all, I'm not going to say we're y'all surprised because I think that's kind of what we all expected. But, I mean, I was more surprised at the way it happened because it's a ball game with two minutes left in the first half. And then and then it's not a ball game at halftime. And then it's <laughs> not a ball game at halftime. Like, you can't let that happen. Um, Never it goes, seen anything like it. It goes from 10 to nothing to, what, 20, 24 to nothing or 24 to 3? I thought it was. I thought it was borderline three to nothing. 
It might have been. Like, you, mid, I think you're mid, right. Mid second quarter. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it went was from three, three to nothing to twenty four to nothing at halftime within a two minute yeah. and fifteen seconds. So, Jeez. um, I, I don't, I don't want to take away from Georgia because we've talked about all year how they're head and shoulders above everybody else. But Florida really shot themselves in the foot right there with two turnovers right before the half and. Of course, Dan Mullen. Every time you stick a microphone in his face, he's got something stupid to say. I don't. I. I think we talked about it earlier about his quote today, but I'm gonna paraphrase because I don't remember. But somebody had asked him about recruiting, and he said something along the lines of, "When it's recruiting season, we'll talk about recruiting. But right now, we're worried about our next game." Well, buddy, you might want to be worried about recruiting right now because you're getting your butt whooped on the recruiting trail and on the football field by the same team. I want to say that he went as far to say as I do not recruit during the season. Well, I, I could be wrong, but I th- I want to say that I, I read where he said those words. I don't recruit during the season. Out of season is when I recruit. And these kids want to come to these football games. And if you're not recruiting these guys to be there on Saturdays, I don't know what you're doing. I think it's a really bad look for, for them in general. And I really think – I think I told you all this earlier, but I really think Florida's going to mess up and keep Dan Mullen, and it's going to bite him like it did us for the last four or five years with Gus. I agree with that. I think they hold on to him too long. That's what I think. How much are they paying him? Do we know? I'm not sure off the top of my head, but it's a lot. It has to, to, he's it's a, a lot name, to be yeah. mediocre. Right. Yeah. I just think he'll win a big game next season, and, you know, he's – good enough to stay i just you know i i don't know of many many big name coaches right now that florida would be interested in so therefore you're kind of stuck with dan mullen and that's not the way you want to be well and not to mention the jobs that are open you know you've got usc open um you got lsu open and today tcu came open when um gary patterson got let go so you've got three jobs right there that are open that somebody's going to get the big name coaches before you because you're still attached to Mullen right now, you know. So, um, did you say LSU? Yeah, which okay. Kiffin's been tied to LSU. I don't know. I don't. Stop. I'm not buying it. Um, I mean, and we. I think I was telling Brett this. My opinion on it. I mean, when you're coaching the SEC, you can't jump around in the SEC because you recruit like you're you're getting all your guys to come to Ole Miss right now. Yeah. You know, and you can't recruit them guys and then leave. Like, yeah. they're not just going to go, oh, well, let's go follow Lane at LSU. I mean, geogra- uh, geographically, that's just not how that works. I mean, guys ain't going to do that. Yeah. So, I, I don't think he's even – I think he's at Ole Miss for a little while. Yeah. And and a lot of people have tied James Franklin to the USC job. So, let's let's say he does take it. There's another job better than Florida that's open. I think yeah, Penn State's but TCU's a not job. better than Florida. No, it's not. Um, I don't know that. No, I wouldn't say Penn State's better than Florida. I think it's maybe a little more attractive because it's not as diff. Um, just the conference and the yeah, difficulty. I mean, that's, but that's what I meant by you know it's a. But it's as a far better, as a good enough job, Florida is probably. I mean, it's a top tier job. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I'm saying if I had the choice of going to Penn State or going to Florida, and they're going to pay me the same amount. I'm going to Penn State. I don't know if I agree with that. You know how easy it would be to no. recruit to Florida. You're in. Well, you're apparently, in the pipeline. apparently, it's so hard that Dan only does it in all season. No, we're we're not. No, Dan's no, stupid. We're not taking no. Dan's advice on this. If we're recruiting like Dude, you're supposed okay. to, it's easy to recruit to Florida, no matter where you're at. Exactly. Well, it should be right. It should and, be. and another thing is. Brian Harson and Nick Saban was both asked on their bye week, "What are you doing during your off time?" They recruiting. both said recruiting. Yeah, like that's why I think it's such a bad look. All these other yeah. coaches are busting it during their off time, and you're not. You don't recruit during the season. Yeah, <laughs> his well, words. Well, I, I think that a lot of Mississippi State fans had the same beef with Dan before he left, but it's Possibly. one of those things you can get away with at Mississippi State. You're not in the spotlight there. You can't get away with that at Florida when you're trying to compete for the SEC East. So, you know, I, that is I, equally as bad as Gus Malzahn saying eight and five is, is acceptable. acceptable. Yeah, I agree. It really is. It's I about agree. the same. Yeah, and they both said those things. So, you know, it's it's a bad look on both of them. 
Um, the other game was Missouri and Vandy. I I don't even want to talk about don't. it. Missouri beat Missouri don't. beat Vandy, and we'll move on. Um, top twenty five. There were some really good games this week. Um, surprisingly, in my opinion, because looking at the slate, I didn't think there were going to be that many. Um, a couple of surprises. Ohio State beat Penn State, which I think hurts Auburn a little bit. I really, really <laughs> wanted Penn State to win that one. You good, bud? <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was pulling for Penn State hard in that one. That would have helped our strength of schedule if they could have knocked Ohio State off. But, you know, I mean, Ohio State's a good team, so it's not like it's a big deal. Not like they lost to, you know, Wisconsin or something. Um the other big game was in the Big Ten as well, and it was Michigan State erasing a 16-point deficit to beat Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh choked again. We're getting used to that, I think. Are y'all buying into Michigan State? No. 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 Oh, wow. Two no's. I really just want to know bold when, how long Harbaugh's going to have a job. How long can Michigan keep paying it, him to be terrible? I agree. Okay, I agree. not he, terrible. He's in oh, the top he's ten. He's not. No. Stop. He's really not he is terrible. Not performing he's at just the level that Michigan expects him to. Let me Mark tell you when he's my terrible words. in every big game. Right. He Mark has my words. Won. Go I'm ahead. Ready. Go ahead. Michigan will beat Ohio State this year. Oh my god. Let me tell you, it's a bigger trap for Michigan to keep Harbaugh than it is for Florida to keep Mullen. I agree with that. You know, it only because he hasn't proven anything where Dan Mullen has, you know, at least won some big games. But I'm just saying, Harbaugh's not a terrible football coach, first of all. Michigan's got a decent team this year, and I think this is the year that Michigan will beat Ohio State, and Michigan will ride uh, Harbaugh another paycheck. That's all I'm saying. Like, I think this is the year he finally beats Ohio State. Because Ohio State's a notch down from what they usually are. And if Jason Day don't shave that beard, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, just know that, that that's been written down in the notes. We will definitely come back no, to that Michigan after rivalry weekend. Uh, the Michigan part. Okay. It's going to be a cold take. Jim Harbaugh cannot win. I can't wait. He can't win a big game, Marcus. He hasn't. We'll see. All right, okay. we'll see. I, All hey, right, well. I was just predicting. I think Michigan's got a good enough team this year to do it. And I don't think they have in the past. Like, I just think Ohio State's been way better than them. And yeah. it's hard to win those big games when you can't put a team out on the field. Now, I'm not saying Harbaugh's a good coach. I'm not. I'm just saying he's not a terrible coach, and I'm saying Michigan's not The words Harbaugh is a good I'm coach saying. came out of your mouth. Literally less than two minutes. And also, also, he's not. why are you not buying into Michigan State if Michigan is as good of a football team as you say they are? Because, first of all, it was a great game, close game. Yeah. Okay, and I would just put them to teams equally as mediocre, but not top ten. I would not put those two teams top ten. Also, wouldn't have Ohio State top ten. I just, I just, I'm always been biased to the Big Ten because I really just don't think that they're good. I don't think their conference is good. Would you rank Auburn ahead of Michigan and Michigan State? Oh, it would be a really good game, but yes. Yeah. I mean, if we win this weekend, I would. I would rank Auburn ahead of them two teams, yeah. Okay. We just disagree. Would you not? Would you uh, not rank Auburn ahead of Michigan and Michigan State? That's I would what not. You just asked, I would right? not put them ahead of Michigan State. Auburn? Yeah. I would put them ahead of Michigan. Uh... Here's my thing, though, man. You. I mean, we play Penn State again right now, and I think we beat them. Like, we're not the same team. You see what I'm saying? Like, we're not – like, Auburn right now is a really good football team. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. All right. That's why I'm saying that. Like, this wasn't beginning of the year, you know. Right. I'm just saying as of this moment, yes, I'd put Auburn ahead of those two teams. All right. Um, Iowa got upset to Marcus's point about the Big Ten. Uh, one of their top ten teams gets demolished by Wisconsin. Uh, they beat them twenty twenty seven to seven in Iowa. That's Jeez. that's tough. You go from being what were ranked, they ranked. They were ranked nine at the time. Uh, they were ranked number two just two weeks ago. So big. Uh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, as they say. Um, Notre Dame escaped again. 
North Carolina kind of had them on the ropes, but Notre Dame pulled away and won by 10. Um, Notre Dame is interesting because of Cincinnati. And the polls come out tomorrow. The first playoff polls come out tomorrow. And I'm anxious to see what they do with Cincinnati um, because of Notre Dame. That's that's Notre Dame's only loss is Cincinnati, and they beat them in South Bend. So do they value Notre Dame enough to give Cincinnati credit? Or are they going to you know, just kind of brush Notre Dame off this year? Because in the past, it's always been, let's see how high we can stick Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, I think I'm more – I'm curious to where Auburn is tomorrow night. Why, why so? Like, what do you mean by that? Are we in the top ten or not? Just because you do – I think we're 12 right now in the AP, right? Yes. So, you're right there. And I just think that Auburn has had really – I mean, we're. I think over the last five games we're, you know, uh, four and five, uh, lost to Georgia – um, we've beat, we've just looked so good and consistent, consistently good. I think that's, that's big in a team is being consistent. And, uh, I just think Auburn could be a top 10 team. Um, I don't think it's going to matter as far as where we are tomorrow night because we're, we're going to get our chance. You know, oh great. yeah. No, I know. I just, tomorrow night matters. Nothing, no poll before has mattered. Right. Because these people actually matter. Like, these people, it matters what they think of you. That's why I say that. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't matter right now because it's not the last thing. Right. But it does matter because we get a sense of what do they think about this. If we're 14 or 15 tomorrow, it's like, uh, uh uh-oh. Yeah. You know, but that's why I say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wake Forest is kind of the surprise this year and. Everybody's opinion. Um, they beat Duke forty-five to seven, which is not that big of a deal, but that's what good teams are supposed to do. So you know, Wake Forest is going to lose. I don't see them going undefeated. Do y'all? I mean, ACC is bad, but I don't think Wake Forest is head and shoulders above everybody in that conference. I don't have Wake Forest's schedule in front of me, so I really don't know. I'll tell you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's North Carolina, then North Carolina State, then Clemson, then Boston College. They could literally lose all four of those games, and I wouldn't be surprised. Now, they they could win all four, and I wouldn't be shocked either. That's how bad the ACC is. <laughs> well. Give me that. Yes. Oh, yeah, the ACC's been one okay. of the worst. Yeah. I mean, NC State has the best record of those four opponents at 6-2. and two. Really? At 6-2. and two. Yeah. <laughs> Big Clemson's at 5-3. and three, NC State. So. Listen, Clemson had to had to miraculously beat Florida State this week, and one of the worst betting bets or betting beats I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if y'all saw the end of that game, but um, Clemson's up four. I think they're they're favored by nine, nine or nine and a half, and Florida State runs a, a lateral play at the end. And Clemson ends up picking it up and scooping and scoring on the last play of the game, and they cover by half a point. Oh my God. That's terrible, dude. If you have Florida State <laughs> this week, I'm sorry, you're still throwing up over it. It's that is the worst beat I've ever seen. Um, but no, I mean that that just shows you how bad Clemson is. I mean, if they lose that game, they're four and four. That's a team that's been in the playoff the last three or four years. So, you know that's kind of a testament to the ACC, but Baylor is a team that is kind of on people's radars now because they play Oklahoma in a couple weeks. And I told y'all on the last show that I'm buying into Oklahoma, and y'all both said no. Has your opinion changed over the last two weeks? Uh, No. I I mean, they haven't played anybody in the last two weeks, honestly. No, they they blew Texas Tech out this week, and I think they beat Kansas the week before. So you're right, they haven't played anybody. But, again, they get their chance because I think of their last three opponents, two or all three of them are ranked. Um, I know they've got Iowa State, yeah, they got Iowa State, which is the only one that's not ranked, and then they've got Oklahoma State and Baylor. So they're, they're going to prove themselves in the next three weeks if they're for real or not, and I think they are. I think they run the table and go undefeated. Um, Pitt choked. They lost to Miami. The Houston SMU game, that was fun. Did y'all see the end of that one? Nope. 
No. Marcus, you said you did? Mm-mm. You didn't? So SMU has led the whole game. They jumped on Houston. Or, I'm sorry, vice versa. Houston jumped on SMU early, uh, was up most of the game. Well, SMU ties it with like seven or eight seconds left in the game. They kick off to Houston, and Houston runs the kickoff back for a touchdown and wins oh on God. a walk-off heard- kicker turn. So um, tough one for SMU. That's a tough way to lose your first game of the year. But uh, Brett surprised Fresno State. They fell out of the top 25 recently, and they knocked off San Diego State, who was in at 21, I believe. Um, So that's another top 25 team that lost. West Virginia knocked Iowa State out of the top 25 this week. And BYU beat the team who double dribbles in basketball all the time. BYU beat Virginia 66-49. to I guess they just left their defenses at home. 66. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, Virginia's basketball team wouldn't have beat them. They, they wouldn't have scored 66. <laughs> so, that's a wrap-up of the top 25. Um, anything else y'all want to hit on? Any other teams that you're watching or, you know, anything from the last week that we missed? No. no. All right, well, let's let's look at week 10 real quick. It's going to be a good one. Um, of course, we've got Auburn at A&M, 2.30. LSU at Bama, 6 o'clock this week. LSU is trying to forfeit the game. Um, it's a bad look. Edo don't care anymore. This is the first time in a lot of years that LSU-Bama is not on CBS. Did you that's, see the line on that far. game? Yes. 28 like, and a half. Yeah, it's – that's a lot. If you'd have told me Man, two years ago that this. the line would be 28 and a half between LSU and Bama, I would have told you you were the dumbest person on this planet. I I'd have thought LSU's football team uh, died in a uh, plane crash. Yeah. I mean, but again, I, I was listening to a show today, the next round, and they were talking about how much football has changed just in the last two to three years. You told me two years ago Clemson's going to be sitting at five and three and not in the top 25, I would have said there's no way. And Iowa was ranked number two at one point. And, and Wake Forest is in the top ten undefeated. Like, just think about how, you know, how much things change just year to year. It's it's crazy. But, yeah, LSU is – they, they should have done what TCU 500. did today. Yes. Yeah, they, they should have done what TCU did today and just – Cut ties with Orgeron, cut his check, and start moving on. So, I agree. Yeah, it, um, I, it's, I still think game, it's insane that they're letting him finish the year out. I I agree with that. A uh, game that I'm going to be kind of tuned into, Liberty at Ole Miss. Our old buddy Malik Willis comes back. Um, coach Freeze gets to coach against Ole Miss again. I just think that that game – is a little tricky for Ole Miss coming off of a couple losses in a row. Um, Liberty's a good football team. Marcus, you're giving me that look like you can't believe I'm saying that, but I mean, I can't. look, I mean, come I'm, on, man. I'm not calling for the upset. I'm telling I'm, you, Ole Miss can't just roll their helmets out and win this game. I think it's a good trap game. If you can catch Ole Miss down coming off of a loss to mm-hmm. Auburn, it's a good weekend to do it. And Malik Willis is yeah, the like capable the way Brett quarterback. Went about it. Yeah, I like the way Brett worded his. Other than what you said, more of a you got Malik Willis rolling into town and Hugh Freeze coming back to the old stomping grounds. Mm, I don't. That don't matter. This this is an SEC football. I, what is the line? Isn't it like it's not? I want to see. Yeah, it's I want to see. Yeah, yeah. It's not no, and a half. No, no it it will not be that. It'll get ugly. It'll get. So ugly. I've heard Malik Willis's Miss, name in Ole, talks with the Heisman. He's well, also the number one quarterback coming off the board in a lot of the mock drafts. Yep. Dude, this could be one of the worst um, Heisman Trophy candidate years that we've ever seen. Like you're on that. I agree. I I just I, honestly. If Georgia's defensive tackle don't get it, he's getting ripped off because he's the best player in college football. I agree with that. And and it's just the perfect storm because there are um, no good quarterbacks. Right. And when Derek I want to say Derrick Henry and then there was another who was there was another defensive tackle. I think he was from Bama. Was it Quentin Williams who they wanted? Somebody else was in the mix for a Heisman a couple of years ago. Um 
as a defensive lineman. And you're, you have Chase to have Young that. from Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have the perfect storm, and this year is that. Because you can't give it to Malik Willis. <laughs> I mean, he's at liberty. I mean, you know, you got to have somebody that plays again, that your team has success. Now, they go in and do shock the world, and Malik has great stats. That'll help him. For sure. But you, if you're going to be a Heisman at a smaller school like that, you're going to have to have an it game. And I just – I don't know. I, well, I think I'm this could this, be I it. Well, hey, I'm hoping for him. How about that? And Ole Miss has A&M next week. So, you know, you get caught slipping over Liberty and, like Brett said, trap game. So There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, Mississippi State and Arkansas, does that – Get y'all's attention at all? No. No? No. Tennessee and Kentucky? No. And Florida State? It's at Kentucky. Correct. If it was at Neyland, maybe. But so you think no. Kentucky wins this game? Yes. Ooh. They're favored. By like a point, point and a half. Yeah, it's a point. point. Yeah, I do think Kentucky wins. Slot okay. edge because it's at home. Okay. Uh, and the other one's Florida, South Carolina. Nobody cares about that. So I don't know. I did a little... I do a little analyzing, as analysts on the show, okay. for this week's game, and I was just going to give you all some uh, some name shout-outs I want to look for, right. if that's okay. I'm here for it. I'm going to start with bad news. Oh, boy. Because I do have bad news. They have a tight end. Oh, that's not good. And he it's, catches a lot. Yeah. Jalen Windermeyer. Yeah. Winder, yeah. Windermeyer or whatever. Yeah. 25 catches on the year, 350-plus yards in the air. Isaiah Spiller, that's a running back, and he's really good. He um, is. You know, he's he's a he's a dual-threat running back. He, he catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. He's a guy that I'm worried about just because I could see him hitting a wheel route, uh, you know, a couple times. I am worried about Spiller. But here's where the good news comes in. All right. Their quarterback. Yeah. Calzada. He has seven interceptions on the year with 12 touchdowns. So, I, I mean, I really think if we can get to him, maybe fluster him a little bit. He's not – he's nothing crazy. You know, he's not Matt Corral out here. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm high hopes on that. Um, and I've been impressed with our defense. So, um, yeah, I'm worried about the tight end, worried about the running back, not worried about the quarterback. So, I'm really excited, though. 230 slot. It's going to be a great day for football. It's at A&M. I I wish it was in Jordan here, but let's go on the road and and take something from them. So, does their defense scare you at all? Um, Only because they're on a bye week. I think they had extra time to prepare. And I really – I've been saying this, and I thought it was – it almost happened the other night. Bo is going to end up one of the, on these Houdini plays. He's going to end up making a mistake sooner or later. Yeah. And I'm afraid that it's going to be this week. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to fumble by accident while trying to run away or or throw an interception. But he's just you. You can't. You can't make all those plays. And so far he has. So that part does um, worry me a little bit. They might throw in some wrinkles on defense. I, I'm expecting that. But if we go in and run the football with Tank, I think we're okay. Jarquez Hunter is still doing exactly what we need him to do. Yep. He's still running the ball hard, and he's coming. He's getting some passes out of the backfield. Um, and man, he's fast. If see if Tank gets in the open, it's not guaranteed to the house. You let Jarquez get in the open, it's gone. I mean, he's gone. So I'm God. I'm so I'm so excited. We are in the meat. Of the season. This is why college football fans love college football. And especially when we're in the best part. You know, we couldn't be set up any better than we are right now. No, I agree with that. So, um, you know, I think we're all excited. I think Auburn family's excited. And uh, I hope we travel well. And, you know, I hope we get that win. Brett, anything else on the weekend coming up? No, Marcus did a great job covering that. That was impressive. (laughs) Impressive, he says. (laughs) Well, let's move on to our Plainsman picks this week. 
uh, real quick update. We did not pick last week, obviously not doing a show. Um, we all three hit the week before. Brett is one step closer to being out of the hole. He is at negative one. Uh, Marcus hit his pick with Iowa State over Oklahoma State, and that gets him to four points. And I took Wake Forest minus three over Army, and they won by 14. So I'm at five points with a one-point lead with three weeks to play. And still perfect on the season. Just want to throw that in there. Um, I'm putting it to the test this week, though, boys. I'm making probably my boldest prediction of the year. Oh, please be the one we were just talking about. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we have not mentioned this game, I can assure you. Um Well let's hear it. Go the ahead. Team buddy. I, yeah, the, you go you go first. The team I'm picking against comes in this week's poll at number twenty five. The Fresno State Bulldogs. Five point favorites against Boise State. I am taking Boise State straight up, plus the five, outright upset. Well, Marcus, you I said just that like, before this no, no, week. No, I, I know, I know. The reason I say that, though, is because a couple of times, I don't know how many times, but you usually go with the cover instead of the ride-out upset. So you really have something to lose here. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, well, you so always call me that's names why when I, I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that's what I wanted to hear because then I have a chance. You know? Yeah. Okay, Even well, what if are you going to do? Up, are you, are you going to go cover or are you going to go upset? We going upset, baby. Okay. All right. Where are we going? We going down there to the 12th man in Texas A&M because Auburn's going to win. Oh, no. <laughs> Marcus is taking Auburn plus what's the line at? Four and a half. All right. Marcus. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Auburn outright. I think we are rolling right now. Oh, Mason just died. I'm fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just think Auburn's rolling, and I'm high on Auburn right now. So I, I don't hate that's... your pick. I, I think you, you will hit. It's the the concept of picking Auburn is terrifying. I know. I know. I thought about that, and I was like, well, I mean, that's that's my pick. That's the but one honestly, I'd rather pick, it be so. you than me because if I do it, it's guaranteed landmine. So, <laughs> so Brett, what's Bo your Bo breaks his leg in off the bus and yeah. picks Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> correct. So... So how do you feel if we have two people that picked Auburn on the show? (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Because that was my pick also. Oh, my God. Now I have a second pick I can change it to if you'd prefer. Oh, no. Keep it. Keep it. If we lose, we all go down. (laughs) Well, not everybody. (laughs) All right. So are you going Auburn to cover or Auburn outright upset? Upset. Well, I've got to get out of the hole here, okay? <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, too, like, you can't you be like, oh, well, no, we'll keep it within four. Oh, no, baby, we're going four. <laughs> go big or go home here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, well, Marcus and Brett take Auburn plus four and a half outright upset. All right, well. Yep. Marcus, you got a planes and poll segment for us this week, bud? Buddy, I got so many questions, I don't know if we can get them all in there. I'm well, just kidding. Let's hear them. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to let you pick on what you think, you know, what goes on the page or whatnot, um, and how you want to word it. You can do whatever okay. you want. Appreciate it. Um, the first one's pretty simple. I just want to know, at this moment, who has been Auburn's player of the year? Uh, do you want to – let's go Bo Nix. Um, do you think it's Jacoby McLean? Or do you think it is? Let's see. Um, maybe. Man, I mean, I guess it could. It or uh, other. I mean, if you can come up with a third player, I don't know of another player that really had stuck out that much. But those two. Um. God, it's tough because. Zacoby is the quarterback of the defense. Like, like we saw how much we missed him when he wasn't there against Georgia State, um, and and the second half of Penn State, right? Or so, or was that because? Well, that's where we lost him in the second half of Penn gotcha. State. But the rest of the game, you know, we went without him, and then we missed the first half of Georgia State without him. So, you can tell when he's not out there for sure. Um, I would have to go with Zacoby. I really would. Um, just for the simple fact that we have a 
we have a guy in T.J. Finley on the bench behind Bo. Now, granted, he can't do what Bo does, but T.J. does it in his own way where we plug somebody in and we still miss the Kobe. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go with other. Okay. Hey, the, the, I know. I know where he's going to. The two options that you gave were are definitely like the obvious top two, but going a different route okay. away from that, I'm going to say Jarquez Hunter. Yep. That's okay. What I thought he was okay. I thought about him. I thought just about him. because he has stepped up so big while Tank has not had great games, he has been the the consistency that our running game needed when Tank wasn't available or wasn't being consistent. So I think I don't I think him. having him um, in those, you know, it's not every single game either, but the games that he was super productive and had big games, they were games that we had to have a big game from a running back. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm going to go with Bo just because personally I just think the improvement has been so – it's just stuck out so much. And, I, and I'm happy for the guy. I mean, I really am. He's taken on more flack than probably any player since Jeremy Johnson has. <laughs> I mean, people just hate Bo for no reason. Yeah. Um, well, I say no reason. He just he, They just don't like him. They got the bad taste in his mouth in his freshman year, and they just can't get it out. Yeah. And I feel bad for Bo because I think the kid works so hard, and I think he has improved so much that I think people's getting off his back. But, yeah, this year I'd say Bo. Um, next question is – um, which team has been the biggest disappointment this year? Um, I know that Clemson would probably be up there, but I think I don't think that's going to be anybody's answer just because I don't think they're really a disappointment. I think people's glad to see them fall off a little bit. So just kind of like who you maybe take it to a different route to who you really kind of wanted to take that next step and they just – didn't this year for whatever reason. Brett, go ahead. Uh, I think I've got to go with LSU. I kind of thought, you know, last year Coach O was like maybe COVID year, rebuilding year, whatever. And then this year I thought, you know, he's going to turn it around and be the competitive LSU that we've come to love and know so much. And it, uh, it's just been a train wreck. <laughs> Yeah, it has. Um, I think for me it would be A and M. It's the team we play this week. I, I just. Well, we're doomed. <laughs> I just, there it is. <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't pick them out right. Okay. Um, I just I felt like A and M was going to be the team to not just beat Bama but take over the West from Bama. And even though they beat Bama, they still can't take over the West because they've lost to Mississippi State and Arkansas. So it's just disappointing that you did the hard things right and you failed to execute the little things. So that's kind of the story of Jimbo, though. Like, he's always been that way, aside from the one national championship with Jameis. I mean, he never had Florida State a power. They were always relevant, but they were never – they were never like Clemson has been the last four or five years where every year they're there. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now at A&M, you know, you, you felt like after last year, getting getting that close that this year would be the year to do it. And it, they just fell on their face, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think both of those two are probably going to be a lot of people's picks. I would go with North Carolina just because they had so much preseason hop. Um, and I mean they they were in the top ten and they got upset week one against Virginia Tech if I'm not mistaken. It was. Um, just you know that one game I felt so bad for Mac that one game. Um, just because it is nothing but preseason hop, but still people a lot of people thought North Carolina was going to be pretty good this year and they just weren't. So that that does suck for them. Um, and then, last but not least, um, we have changed up a few things with our jerseys and our face masks and stuff this year. Um, and I just want to know which face mask did y'all like better, the white or the orange, 
in our you know the all whites or the orange with the blue um and then just to piggyback off of that what do you think is next like do you think this year there's still something in the bag that we that we pull out and we go to um you know and if not that's fine but just just curious which one y'all like better and then what's next so i've always been a fan of white so i think i've got to go white i love our all whites and the adding the white face mask to it just made it that much more clean i love the simplicity maybe we see it again this week maybe Maybe. i think we do you think we do i do they're so clean, dude. They look so good. Yeah, I, that's just been my favorite look all year. I love the orange face mask too, but yeah, I, I love the white. Um, no, I don't think we see much diversion off of the uniforms. Um, you know, alternating face mask is one thing, but changing the actual uniform <laughs> itself, <laughs> I don't think we see that in the first year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't get you don't get to do that year one. Um, <laughs> I think I'm Brett. <laughs> I, I love the the white face mask with all white jerseys, man. It looks so good. Plus, we did it during Penn State's white out. It was just, God, yeah, man, it was so so beautiful. It was kind of like we were throwing um, it in their face, and I think that's what I love so much about it. I, I agree. I will say though, orange is such a tricky color when you go from accent to primary. Like when you make the orange the focus, it's dangerous. But I, I was I was kind of scared, but it looked really, really good with the blue jersey Saturday night. And I was worried about it. I don't think they would look good with white jerseys. I don't want to see the no, orange over white. Um but yeah, I'm I don't I don't think we see anything else. Maybe within the next couple of years we see a wrinkle like maybe blue pants with the white jerseys which i wouldn't love by the way i, I don't no, i don't, I don't think, think i would either. love it just because i love how much our white looks good i do think i would like blue on blue yeah yeah that may that may be maybe a, a better route um but I, I just think it's gonna be baby steps and it kills me because all the old heads are oh don't touch it don't and and i'm i'm with them it's not that it's it looks bad the way it is now but, you know, that kind of stuff excites the players. It, it really does. You know, the it just looked like we had so much more swagger against Penn State with those white face masks than we would have with the blue. I mean, do you all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. It. I, I just think that stuff matters to the players. And, and you know, uh, who cares? If they do it, they yeah. do it. And if they don't, they don't. The uniforms don't have superpowers. They don't. That's what Clint Richardson yeah. always says on Twitter. He's he's our uniform guy. He always says that you know uniforms don't have superpowers; they just look good. So, yeah. all right. Well, that's all I have. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into our last segment and wrap this thing up with our tweets of the week. Marcus, we'll let you go first. I think Brett's still scrambling the eggs over there. All right. Uh, uh, I'm going with the next big guy at Auburn, Jabari Smith Jr. He tweeted out this week, um, I guess it was yesterday, uh, I just want to say Jordan Hare last night reminded me a big part of why I came to Auburn. A couple of periods, can't wait for the jungle this season. Oh, I mean, boy. it kind of gave me chills when I read it a little bit just because like, that's how how big of an like an impact fans have on these players. And he's yeah. a basketball player. He is yeah. a basketball player, but Jordan Hare enticed him to come to Auburn. Just you know, a little. It says a big part. Yeah. So just the family and the and the atmosphere. It's it's electric, and uh, it got me real excited. Just because, you know, that also is going to make students, you know, make the jungle even better than it usually is. So yeah, yeah that's my tweet of the week. So that also tells you how long Jabari Smith has been on Bruce Pearl's radar. Because last year we didn't have the jungle. We didn't have Jordan Hare at full strength. That means his yeah. sophomore year of high school, <laughs> he was in Auburn watching yeah. these games. Yeah. Yep. All right, Brett, you got one? Yeah, so um, mine is actually a reply, so I will read the original tweet and then the reply. Um, it, 
the original okay. tweet said nobody prepares for the worst like Auburn fans. Vague tweets about rumors turn into just absolute doomsday scenarios. So, a little bit of background. There were rumors that some players were going to be suspended for illegal activity, illegal drug use type things. Um, yeah. At all, all barn, I think Marcus is... My favorite said, guy. Marcus yeah, loves this guy. Yeah. He is a great follow, by the way, if you don't. Yeah, so he said... Um, Auburn Twitter could take a rumor about one guy having the flu to half the team running a drug cartel from the equipment room within six hours. <laughs> Just tells you how bad Auburn Twitter is. <laughs> yeah, it really it, is. It's, it, it's a toxic place. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah, we, we all get very frustrated with Auburn Twitter. And, you know, I don't even want to go down that road. Um, so mine is actually in reference to the World Series, which – our beloved Atlanta Braves are in. Uh, the tweet comes from at fake Dan Ugla, and he said, I wonder how much collective credit card debt is in that stadium right now. Yes. And <laughs> it has to be a lot because the ticket prices were outrageous. And it, I find that kind of funny because we had actually talked in our group about, you know, maybe going over there for a game and, and Brett mentioned, you know, that's what the credit card's for. Well, <laughs> I don't think so, <laughs> because you could be paying that for two or three years, the way those prices were. Look, if it was Boston and the Braves, I was going to be in credit card debt. I'll just go on record <laughs> and say that. <laughs> it would have happened. Marcus, would you have done the same for the Yankees? If the if it's Yankees-Braves, would you have been there, regardless of price? No, no. Uh, just I'm. It's base. Baseball is not my thing. Uh, now, yeah. I mean, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Um, okay. Would I if if we were to win tomorrow and the next two? Would I be willing to for the Iron Bowl? Yes. I've had that thought run through my head a lot this week. Yes, several times. Several times. And, but, and it's, but it's really all depending on this weekend. Yeah, like, I mean, I would. I really would. Yeah. Um, but, no, not for not for baseball. Not for baseball. But another reason was the price. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. for To me, a baseball game isn't worth that, and a football game, you know, it's not as – crazy as that so it's it's less than well you know, what, it's about the 400 what's frustrating to me is your your baseball fans are the fans who have watched 162 games and you're going to tell them they can't come because you're going to make ticket prices two thousand dollars a ticket you know yeah, that, that that's stupid. aggravating um I, I wouldn't mind paying you know two or three hundred dollars for a world series ticket but you couldn't find that you know that that's no. just I don't know. It was this standing room only. Yeah, yeah, I found some for three sixty five. So, it was standing room only, and you're taking a yeah. chance of going over there, and not even being able to see this field. So, yeah, watching it on the screen, I mean, yeah. <laughs> just like you at home. Yep. Yeah. So, real quick before we wrap it up, do the Braves pull this off or not? Marcus, go first. Uh, no, they blow it. Yes, Brett. I've seen you on Twitter leading your little little Braveites, but no, um, I'm I'm sorry. They, if they were gonna win, they 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 had to have won last night. I really thought they were going to with the grand slam in the first inning, um, or second, whichever one. I don't even know. Um, but no, I don't think so. I think Houston wins by more than two or three tomorrow night, and then Game Seven's a wrap. Sorry, oh. I, if I also don't love how. The um, two, three, two. Is that how I think yeah. that's how I don't love that. I like NBA's better. It's what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Brett. I think they do. Um, just because of the pitching situation. Like, they have fresh arms coming that, out. That's my thing. They have starters yeah. coming out. They're ready to go. But yeah. I do think they need to win tomorrow. They tomorrow. do not yeah. need to I was let about to say, go to game seven. So, so, that's if what it, I was about to pop off a question. If, if it, they don't win tomorrow night, what happens? Yeah, if they you don't still, win tomorrow night, I'm super nervous about game seven. I think if they yeah, don't win tomorrow okay. night. It's got to be tomorrow. Yeah. But I so think it's they either do. tomorrow night or yep. no. Okay, I, I'm right. good with it. So, I don't know if y'all heard this or not. Real quick, and I know we're running over. Um, oh, yeah, I'm I heard, for everybody. I heard that Max Freed was tipping pitches. 
And if anybody's going to pick up on that, it's going to be the Astros. <laughs> um, so apparently word got back to him about that, and we'll see if it got cleaned up. But um, I heard that too. I did hear that. The, the Dodgers shelled him in his last start against them, and then Houston got a hold of him in game two. So um, if, you know, if that was – a problem and that's something that he fixed then i think we see a different max free tomorrow night and he could very easily close the door on this thing let me ask one more question did do you know the last team to win the world series at home i'd say boston 2013 boston nice. the last team yeah. to win the world series eight years ago Jeez. so yeah. they usually close these out on the opponent's field so oh, that's, oh, oh so you're pulling for the head for the brace okay well yeah hey you know hey. I'll Are you pulling for the get. Braves? Yes. A little bit. Oh, well. All right, Houston in seven. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's a wrap on this episode, guys. Uh, if you ain't subscribed already, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if you like us, and if you don't, just let it slide. Uh, we will talk to you all next week, hopefully after a big Auburn win, according to my analyst and my producer. Still a little shocked that they took Auburn in our planes and pick but hey go big or go home so until next time guys war eagle war eagle war eagle